0: How's everybody doing? You guys good? Yeah? A little bit? You think so? Cool. Hey, uh, ACC tournament, anybody happy about that? No? (laughs) No one cares, huh? Um, You guys doing March Madness brackets? No? Cool. Excellent. So, look, it's a lot less people in here right now. I'm excited to be with you guys. Um, We're talking through today, we're going to be talking about um, lust versus love. And we're going to dive into this topic. It's going to be a really good topic for us today. And so what I want to do to kick things off, um, I want you to look to the person to your left or to your right and tell them, this is going to be a really awkward question for some of you guys. It's going to be not so awkward for some of the other people in the room. Um, Tell them the first time you've ever used the word, I love you, to someone who is outside of your family, okay? And if you haven't done that, then that's okay. But look to your person to your left or right if you have done that and go ahead and share that with them, okay? Okay. If you haven't done that yet, it's a good time to try it now. So, I mean, just let somebody know, hey, I love you, you know. Put that arm around them and let them know how you really feel about them. Everybody good? Sweet. Um, Anybody got a funny story they want to share about it before I jump in? No? No. Nathan. Nathan, my man. Stand up. Be loud. Be loud. Let everybody hear you. it is the. I was she said it first so I had to say it back. <laughs> Let me just say this, okay? Listen. Listen, I love you. I love you. Halloween's not a romantic holiday, okay? I'm just putting that out there, okay? There's no reason for us to be sharing "I love you" on Halloween, okay? I love that. That's awesome. Okay, perfect. So, um, if you were here with us a couple weeks ago, you heard me talk about this a little bit. Um, I've said I love you too soon, and I- I've messed it up. I was a senior in high school. I've been dating this girl for about two weeks, and maybe a little bit more, and. You know, um, as a great boyfriend, this is what I did. I went to public school. Um, so if you're public schooled in here, you understand this. Um, you, you rush out after class, and you're trying to get to that significant other of yours. And so I get to her, and I walk in her to her bus. You know, we talked about who knows what. And um, as, as we're standing at the bus, like, it's always awkward to, like, to hug or do whatever it is you're doing at school, right? Right. Um, for your homeschoolers, you don't know about this, but like, just imagine hugging in front of your mom or something. I, I don't know. I've never been homeschooled. so. But um, I can remember seriously going and, and going in for the embrace of a hug, right, and, and doing that. Um, and all of a sudden, for some reason, I don't even know why, I just said, hey, I love you. And then, like Nathan said, she says it right back, I love you too. And I'm like, I didn't mean that. Like, seriously, I I didn't mean to say that. And I tell her that. And like, just for a second, it was almost as if time stood still, right? Like this look that she had on her face was just like, what do you mean? And I'm like, her bus is about to leave. She's going to get left if she doesn't get on the bus. And I'm just like, I mean, I I like you a lot. I really do. And, And like, like, I I might love you a little later, but like 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 right now, like I just like you, right? And like I'm so sorry. And like being the jerk that I am, I'm like, you probably need to get on your bus and go. And I gotta get to wrestling practice because it's time for that to happen. And so like she got on the bus and she was crying. And needless to say, a couple of weeks later we broke up and it was one of those just awkward moments where I, I don't know why I did that. And so I can remember from there, I did this, though. I, I remember making this promise to myself that I would never use I love you too soon again, right? I would never do that because I had messed up, and I felt like a jerk, and the truth is, is that I did that, and I held on to that, and so I was dating this girl in college, and she was a great girl, and she was awesome, and, and we had been dating for a while, and it came to that point kind of, if you've dated, you know this, like, there's a point where you can kind of tell like those words are coming and she says it to me she says hey I love you and I remember making this promise to myself that hey I'm not gonna use these words too quick anymore and so when she says that I look at her and I say, thank you I like you too Needless to say, I'm not very good with this whole love thing and all that, but, like, that's where I was. And, and, and so, of course, she was a little bit hurt, and she was trying to figure out, like, what that meant. And I, and I said, hey, listen, like, here's what happened. In high school, I did this, and, and I just don't want to rush into saying this too soon. You see, I think there's times in our lives where we go way too fast in relationships, And that's where I've been, and I I think you guys can agree with me. Like, you've been there probably, and and if you haven't been there, you're probably going to come into this. And so you've got to decide what it is you want your relationships to look like. Now, let's fast forward. That girl I was dating is not my wife, okay? My wife is Jessica. You guys have met her. She's from Wilson here. She's like you guys. Um, Right when I first started dating Jessica, I knew right then that I loved Jessica. Like, I had known Jessica for I don't know, six or seven years at that point, and we took a while to date. We took some time before we started dating because, well, she wasn't sure, and I, I knew that like, my next girlfriend was going to be a serious girlfriend, and so I told her right away that I loved her, and you know what she said? I like you too. So I understand this, how it works a little bit, and, and, and that's no joke, you know, it took Jessica a good month and a half to finally say, I love you two back to me. But, so when it comes to this whole situation, I think when it talks about love, and we talk about everything that goes on with that, uh, today I, I want us to dive into what does this look like, and as you can tell, this is me back in high school. This is my junior prom. All right, I found this picture, and I was like, you know, I want to share with these guys kind of, I understand a little bit about love. I understand where you guys are at in life right now. I've been there. I know the mistakes that come up with these kind of things, and um, I'm pretty sure, I was looking at this photo, and it's kind of one of those things, like, I think we were being goofy and saying we're not touching each other, but I don't even know what that was about, but, you know, as I think back on my love life, like, There's a lot of mistakes that I made that I don't want you guys to follow, all right? And so today what we're going to do is we're going to dive into this series and we're going to talk about love. And and my hope is that you guys will connect the true meaning of the four-letter L word that we're going to do that. And so in order for us to actually understand love, then we have to look and ask the question, what is love? Okay? What is love? So, Let's dive in. Let's get the most mature guy in here right now to answer the question. Matthew Davis, what is love? Uh, Okay. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Very cool. Anybody want to go against that? <laughs> Just like please no, gosh no! I, hey, I'll, I'm right on there with you. So let's look to the Bible. Let's see what the Bible says about love. Okay, um, it's talked about like crazy, but there's two places in Scripture where we get a really, really good look at it. Okay, um, the, the disciple who Jesus loved, his name was John. You guys know this. And um, let's dive into it. Let's, let's see. Uh, 1 John four seven through eight says this: Dear friends, let us love one another, for love comes from God. Everyone who loves has been born of God and knows God. Whoever does not love God does not know God because God is love. So hold on just for a second. Think about this. According to John, according to scripture, God is the source of love. He's so much the source of love that John went so far to say that God is love, period. Right? There's nothing further. Like if you want to know what love is, you have to look at God. We have to get to know him. So then there's another part of Scripture that if you've been to a wedding, if you've been around church for a while, you've heard this. 1 Corinthians chapter 13, right? You guys know this? If you've ever watched um, A Walk to Remember, this is quoted in there. I'm sure it's quoted in a whole lot of other love movies too. I just don't watch those movies, so I can't tell you that. Okay, But this is one of those ones that that, that, that it's kind of like, Poetic, poetic form right here when we read it. Let's see. Katie, you read that for me? Behind me? Read it loud. Proud. perfect with the person to your left or to your right for the next 30 seconds. I want you to tell them what stands out to you about love from this passage along. Go ahead. Okay, who's got something they want to share? What stands out to you when it comes to love? Anybody? Nathan, go ahead, buddy. Yeah, why does that stand out to you? (laughs) So you need to work on that, right? So um, verse five, I I like that one a lot. It's not self-seeking, right? Love's not about what we can get out of it. Love is selfless. It seems counter um, to the culture's definition of love, of what we see right now, right? So when it comes to love, we we, we loosely use that word in our English language, right? Think about it. In, in one breath, a woman can say, I love my husband. And like we understand what she's saying. But in that same breath, the very next one, she can say, I love tacos, right? Like and when we compare and contrast, like I don't think she's saying like, She loves tacos as much as she loves her husband. Would you guys agree with me? Right? I think at some point, like our English language isn't strong enough for us to understand that maybe love is different. Maybe we're lacking in a word for this. And sometimes what we do is we say love is just a feeling. Now, don't get me wrong. I, I think Matthew's right. I do think it is a feeling, and I do think. It's more than that, though. I think love is also an action. It's a choice. And I think it's something that if we limit it to just being a feeling, then we're selling it short. And so we got to think about this and we got to think about all these things as we grow older and we start to truly discover what love is. Sometimes we're not in love with someone. Sometimes we're in like with someone, right? Like sometimes we 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 like the way they make us feel. We like the things about them. Sometimes they truly do help us in life, but maybe we're not quite to where love is and we're using that word way too soon. Then there's other times where our love is nothing but Physical attraction, attraction, right? Sometimes we take that as selfish desires to get us where we want to be emotionally or physically. And it's in these moments where we're starting to mix up love with another four-letter L word, and that's simply this, is lust. Okay, and so today what I want to do is I, I want to dive into what is lust, what is love, and how do they come together? And so let's take a really good look at this. For many of us, when we say the word lust, we jump to looking at sexually explicit pictures, right, or videos. We think about um, pornography. And although that plays into it, that's not it either too, right? Like that's not all that it is. There's so much more that happens here. Lust is something that takes place in our thoughts and in our minds, right? Here's a few things the Bible teaches us about lust. Lust is about things. True love is always directed towards people. When we love things... We are really lusting. When we lust over a person, it's because we have turned that person into an object, a thing. Right? Second thing is this lust is a feeling. The Bible often talks about fleshly desires. Fleshly desires are basically our desires void of God. When we limit love to just a feeling, we're really in danger of lusting. Right? When, we, when we start to just uh, go away from what God's taught us, when we start to just take him out of it, like, like, like it's all about the feelings and it's all about this, then we're starting to get away from what God calls us to. Lust, well, lust is selfish. It's focused on personal gain and satisfaction. This is where I think we see the biggest difference between uh, love and lust. And if I think we could sum it up in, in one word, it's simply this, that lust is selfless, selfish, and love, love is selfless, all right? You see, I think about this, and I start to think about where we're at is in a culture, and I think about sometimes we're so quick to jump into a relationship, we're so quick to say, I love you, we're so quick to think things through that we don't necessarily think about the real things in our life. It's easy for us to get these two minutes up though, right? If we're not careful, we're going to be driven by lust instead of love. And it can have some nasty effects on us. In Ephesians chapter four, Paul dives into this and and he starts talking a little bit about people driven by lust instead of love. And check this out. It's right here. He says this, their minds are full of darkness. They wander far from life. God gives them our God gives because they have closed their minds and they have hardened their hearts against him. They have no sense of shame. They live for their lustful pleasure and eagerly practice every kind of impurity. But this isn't what you learn about Christ. Think about that just for a second. When we're living in our lustful, when we're feeding the, our physical attractions, our physical appetite always, if we're leaning into that, then we're not leaning into the spirit. And we're called to walk in the spirit. We're not called to walk in the flesh. So when I look at this passage, I see a couple of things. I see that this passage tells us that if we're giving into this side of our mind, if we're giving into this darkness side of things, it, it darkens our understanding. We see that we, we, we lose our sensitivity, right? We lose our what's right and what's wrong. We lose where that boundary is of how far should I go with my boyfriend or my girlfriend. We lose that boundary of what should I do when I'm looking at things on my phone and something bad comes across it. And here's the thing. Lust, what always leaves us wanting more, right? And if we're not careful, Then here's what happens. It it ends up controlling us. Our appetite can never be satisfied. And we just want to dive in and we want to go more and more and more after the things we're looking at, after the things we're thinking on, after the things we're dwelling on. So how do we get out of that? Let me ask you guys a question. You guys ever heard about an elephant in the room? I mean, there it is, right? There's an elephant in the room. This is a basic idea for you guys that that, that you picture yourself in a room with other people and that in that room, there's an elephant, right? Everybody sees it and everybody knows it's there, but nobody's willing to talk about the elephant in the room. And I think oftentimes when it comes to high school, when it comes to church, when it comes to where we're at right now, we know there's issues with teenagers and pornography. We know there's issues with teenagers and lust, and we know there's issues that, honestly, we're not very comfortable about talking about these things with you guys. And the truth is, is that the Internet has changed the game completely. You see, to be real with you guys just for a second, when I was in sixth grade, I was exposed to my first thing of pornography. I went over to a friend's house, and he had this, you guys don't even know what this is, a VHS tape. And he popped it into his VHCR. That's the first time I ever saw something like that. It's the first time that it ever got my mind thinking like that. And then my buddies, they had magazines and things like that. And I was in sixth grade, guys. And now for you guys, you guys are ninth through twelfth grade. You guys are older. You've seen, you've heard things that you shouldn't have seen yet that maybe you shouldn't be exposed to. And maybe for you guys, you don't know what to do with this. And so the elephant in the room today that I want to talk about is pornography. And just for a second, I want you guys to check out the screen behind me. I want you to check out this video that I found about this. And then we're going to talk about some stats. So check this out. Think about that just for a second. Think about as it tells us. This becomes an addiction. It starts to rewrite your mind. It starts to rewrite things in your brain that the chemicals are released upon watching pornography that completely changes everything inside of us. Check out some of these studies that I found. This is absolutely insane. Recent studies tell us that 90% of teens have viewed porn online. 10% 10% admit to daily use. Uh, we used to think that this was just a guy thing, but now we know, no, it's not just a guy thing. It's a guy and a girl thing. This is diving in, and now there are different reasons why you guys do this, but, but there is definitely something happening inside of us that, that has made life a lot easier with the smartphone, and we're seeing this. Over 50% of elementary-age students are now starting to see this because of them having access to smartphones, this is absolutely insane. Nine out of ten boys, six out of ten girls are exposed to pornography online before the age of 18. let me check these stats out. It keeps going. 83% of boys and 57% of girls are exposed to uh, group sets online, right? And then it just dives in even further. Like when you start looking at these notes, guys, we, we have to see that something's not right. Something's not adding up. We've got to do something. We've got to be willing to make a change here. Because here's what I've read. You might not think you're addicted, but can you stop? I heard a story about a pastor. Um, He he was meeting with this guy. Uh, He was a teenage boy. This teenage boy, he had this issue where, well, the truth is, is, he was looking at stuff online that he shouldn't have been looking at. But he told the pastor, he said this. He said, I can quit whenever I want to, but I don't want to. Why would I? He said, well, you find freedom. You know, uh, God, God calls us to live a holy life, these types of things. He's like, yes, but doesn't God just forgive me, right? Like, isn't God just going to give me more grace about this? So the guy goes back home, and he, and he keeps doing what he's been doing. He said about three days later, the guy rushes into the pastor's office. He says, hey, we've got to talk. We've got to talk about this. He's like, what are you talking about? He's like, we got to talk about this pornography I've been looking at. He's like, what's wrong? He said, all of a sudden, this guy who had been um, just normal, right? Like like he was looking at um, just guys and girls, and, and that's what it was. And all of a sudden, he's starting to have homosexual thoughts. All of a sudden, his desires were switching because his brain was rewriting itself because he had been watching so much of this. And he said, you've got to fix me. Now, I don't want that to be you guys. Like I said, this is an incredibly awkward thing to talk about because there's something um, that there's always about this that makes us feel shameful, right? Right? And I don't want you to feel shame in here today. If you're involved in this, I don't want this to make you feel like you're a bad person, that you're a terrible person. You see, the struggle does not make this true for you. All right? What I want you to do is I want you to see this as a point of conviction. I want you to see this as a time where you're saying, hey, I'm involved in something that I shouldn't be involved in, and I want to change this, right? Like, I, I don't want this to be all about me being stuck. I don't want to be shaming you guys here. I want you to understand there's a way out. There's a place where you can find freedom, that you don't have to be stuck like this video was saying, right? Pornography is just as addictive as hardcore drugs but just like a drug addict can find freedom they can come over their addiction you can too And so here's what I want to do I want to give you a few steps of how we can kind of work out this and maybe this isn't for you today maybe you're not viewing porn online maybe you're not in that but I guarantee you know someone who is so I want to challenge you to maybe talk to them and be open about really how can they do better in their life step number one Come clean. First, you have to come clean with God. You have to be honest that this is a struggle and that you don't like it. You have to admit that lust is driving you and that you want to discover, rediscover his love. That's the number one thing when it comes to this. You have to come clean. But not only just that, you've got to come clean with somebody else too. You've got to get some accountability when it comes to this. Because if you think you can take this on by yourself, you're wrong. All right, step number two, get help. All right, you can't face this alone. It's nearly impossible to break this by yourself. This is often the hardest step. Now, I want to be completely honest with you guys. I have guys in my life who are allowed to ask me any question they want to ask me, anything they want to ask me about my sexual life, about my thoughts, about everything there. Now, let me be honest. Is this an easy thing to do? Is it easy for me to ask them what they've been looking at online? No. But I need that in my life. And you guys need that in your life. You need somebody who's willing to ask you the hard questions. And you need somebody who's going to hold you accountable. You need somebody who's going to push you a little bit further. And guess what? I love my wife. This isn't my wife. Right? This isn't, um, and this is something that you'll talk about later, but this has to be somebody outside of that relationship that can help push you towards purity, push you towards holiness. And this is something for you guys right now, like, it can't be your boyfriend, it can't be your girlfriend. No, it can't be your small group leader. It can be a mentor. I recommend, if you do have it as a friend, that you have somebody older also, okay, Because you need to talk through this with somebody who has been down this road, who understands this a little bit more than your friends do. I I just challenge you, push into this, okay? Step number three, embrace God's grace. You're not going to find victory and freedom unless you embrace his grace. You can't do this in your own strength. It can only be found in the death and resurrection of Jesus because that was the definition of selfless love, right? He's also giving us, he's willing to be your source of strength to get through this. So what's it look like for us to do that? We have to truly lean into God's grace. We have to truly say, God, you know what? I am messed up. God, I have struggled with this. God, I am stuck right now and I don't know what to do. God, help me. That's why it's so important to find people who want to come alongside of you. That's why it's so important for us to consider setting up boundaries, which is our last step, right? Setting up boundaries. What what does it look like? You're going to have to evaluate the times in ways where you're the most susceptible to giving in to this temptation. And you're going to have to take some drastic steps to go away from what this is. Remember, your brain has rewritten itself to crave this, to want this more than anything else. So if you're going to do this, you're going to have to fight. You're going to have to be willing to do whatever it takes. There's a movie out. I don't know if you guys have ever seen this movie. It's um, Aaron Walson's story. It's called 127 Hours, okay? In this story, it's, um, Aaron's a very accomplished rock climber, right? And, and he's out in Arizona, or sorry, southeastern Utah one day. And he's out for a hike. And what he does is he jumps on this boulder, and this boulder actually comes loose. And he falls with the boulder, and his arm gets trapped inside the boulder. And so for this movie, this entire movie, it's uh, 127 hours of his life that Aaron is stuck with this rock, and he can't get out. Right, he's starving, he needs food, he needs water, and he just, nobody's around to help him. And so Aaron, at one point in this movie, he says this, he says, I came to a point where it was either my life or my arm. And so if you watch this movie, it's absolutely disgusting, but um, he, he takes his pocket knife out and he cuts his arm off. And he climbs out of there and he starts walking down the trail and he passes out. But a family finds him and he gets saved because of that. But he came to the decision. It's either my life or my arm. Which one is the way I want to go? Crazy enough, not just his story. Listen to Jesus' word. I just read this the other day in my here journal. If you're right he causes you to stumble, gouge it out and throw it away. It's better... You it is better for you to lose one part of your body than for you to lose your whole body and to be thrown into hell. And if your right hand causes you to stumble, cut it off and throw it away. For it is better for you to lose one part of your body than for your whole body to go to hell. Now, obviously, Jesus is using hyperbole here. But the principle, I think, is very clear. The reality is, is that if we want to grow, if we want to stop where we're at right now we have to be willing to cut out the things in our lives that are leading us this direction and for some of you guys it's your phone. for some of you guys you've got to ask for some permission to get this thing out of here like you got to get this thing like done Like, like mom dad I need you to set up some boundaries on my phone I need you to set up some boundaries here I need you to confirm with me that I'm not looking at anything I need you just to check my internet browser For some of us, we we need to go further than that. For some of us, we have to get some accountability. If you're involved in this, you have to. You need to find your small group leader. You need to come talk with me. Come find somebody you're comfortable talking with and truly dive into what does it look like to find freedom in this. You see, that's what this is all about. Love, well, love is selfless, but lust is selfish. And so today what I I want you guys to do is I want you to push through whatever this boundary is, whatever this message is doing for you right now. I want you to think about what do you need to do with this. And the truth is, is I love you guys. Like, I really do want you guys to succeed in this area of your life. I want you to succeed in the area of your life when it comes to relationships. Next week, we're going to talk about sets, and we're going to talk about the things that goes on with that portion of our lives, too. But this week, I wanted to dive into this because the truth is that you guys are living this day in and day out. And if it's not you, then it's somebody you're next to in school. It's somebody who's in this youth group with you, and you guys could be struggling. And I want to see you guys succeed more than anything in this. And so does Jesus. So, lust is selfish. Love is selfless. I'm praying that you will pursue love. So, I want to pray for you guys. Get you out of here. If you want to hang out and talk, I'll be here. Um, I'll be here Wednesday too. Uh, Your small group leaders are here for you to talk about this with you. Um, Trust me, if if you want to get help in this, you want to find freedom, come talk to us. Let's chat through what this looks like. Let's pray to you there. God, today, uh, as we examine your word, as we dive into, Lord, one of the harder topics that God will look at our um, lust, our addictions, the things that, Lord, happen behind closed doors that we don't want anybody else to know about. But I want to pray right now for the students in this room who are struggling right now, for the students in this room who don't want anyone to know. But God, you've seen them, God, you know what is happening. God, you know their hearts and God, you know how much you still love them. And so Father, right now my prayer for them is that they realize that God, you do still love them and that God, you still want a relationship with them and that God, you want to give them freedom out of this. And so Father, for the students in this room who are struggling right now, let them have the courage to be willing to first admit it to you. God, that they've messed up. But then God, to take it to a trusted adult, God, And to say, God, I need help. To say, I need you. God, for the students in this room who, Lord, aren't there right now, I pray that, Lord, you'll use them in their friends' lives, in their friends who are just struggling with this subject, Lord, where they don't know what to do. Let us be the light of this world like you call us to be. Let us truly be a light for our friends. Let us be open and let us be real. God, thank you for that. Thank you so much for what you did on the cross. God, how you take away all this sin with just that simple act, where you loved us so much. You went to the cross and died for us. Thank you, Lord. And I pray this all in Jesus' name. Amen. You guys are welcome to hang out. And uh, we got a few minutes before church starts, but uh, yeah, we'll be here hanging out.